0: Welcome to Coach the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley for the Upstate Performance Project. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hope everyone is having a great day. Once again, you're hearing a different microphone. So I've been testing out mics the last few weeks, uh, last few podcasts. So they may all sound slightly differently. I'm just testing them out. Um... We'll narrow it down soon. Um, today, I want to talk about mindfulness and embodiment. Um, it's a kind of a, a, a take off from last week's where we left off talking about getting in the right mindset. We hear about mindset all the time. And I agree, we've got to be in the right mindset. But most importantly, we need to know how to get in the right mindset. And that's what we talked about last week, right? So we talked about that last week. And... Um, I think that's important. You got to know how to do that. Um, We can't just say, let's get in the right mindset. And that's going to go really, really, we're going to go really deep into that today uh, of how to get there and why that's important and how as coaches, we can use this information to get the best results from our clients. And if you're not a trainer, this information today is going to be very helpful for you and how to not only get in the right mindset, but also get um, really in tune with what you want and your goals and how your body moves, right? So the biggest thing that I want to get through today, and let me just start with this and then we'll get into the details, is that no matter where you are in this fitness world, this fitness spectrum, I mean, we've got everybody from, you know, elite Athletes in whatever particular sport they may be—weightlifting, powerlifting, baseball, football—so you know that are training very specifically for a very specific skill set. To a general trainee who just wants to, you know, be in shape, you have people that train physique that want their bodies to look good no matter how strong they are. You've got people that only care about being as strong as they possibly can be, no matter what their body looks like. You've got people that don't, you know want to adhere to what society is telling us is a beautiful body or an acceptable body beautiful can be very subjective right and so who am i to say what's beautiful it's very subjective well we can all agree that health is a a, a tenet that we should all be caring about because performance at some point will be limited so if you train for performance you still need to be healthy because if you're not healthy performance will be hampered right if you're training for uh, physique, um, some of the ways we get there are not necessarily always healthy. right? So you may look great, but you may not be healthy. Uh, on the flip side, even if you're very comfortable with what your body looks like, even if it's heavier than what you might see online or you might hear about in advertisements or what society may tell us is, is, is healthy, even if you're outside of that range from an aesthetic standpoint, if it's pleasing to you and you're happy with it, that's fine with how your body looks. But we also have to look at the health side of things and why we got into this anyways. So whether you're a coach who's looking to help a, a, a client or you're you know, just a fitness enthusiast yourself trying to get better, and by what I mean better is doesn't necessarily mean skinnier, Or a guy doesn't mean more muscle. Better just means improving yourself. How can you be the best version of yourself and get the most benefit out of the activity and the movement that you put into your body? Because whatever you want it to look like is up to you. And I'm certainly not here to say that it has to look a certain way. I think we can all find beauty in all different body types. So when we're talking about the you know body positivity or healthy at any size uh movements you know i i definitely believe the body positivity thing is you need to be positive you need to have a good relationship with your body to know where you want to go with your body so if you don't want to do anything and you want to sit there and you know be unhealthy and eat whatever you want and just say well i'm happy with my body okay that's fine that's your choice but you have to at least recognize that some of the nutritional choices may not be the best for your overall health and that's your choice and you can do that but as a fitness professional obviously that's not what i want for my clients and that's not what the kind of information i want to promote but i'm not going to tell you you're living wrong or you're doing wrong i'll just politely disagree right but at the same time in order for you to truly feel um like you're heading in the right direction whatever that direction may be we all need to be mindful of our body and how our body moves and reacts so one of the in today's podcast is is really what's going to help us get to that point so this is uh again it's going to be another three part series i've been doing a lot of these lately i really like them so this i'm going to keep this today's episode about 20 minutes we're about six minutes in we're gonna keep it around 20 minutes. So I'm going to, we're gonna start this um, uh, journey today about what it means to have this um, mindfulness to our body. Okay, so we, we hear about mindfulness and mindfulness is simply just being aware of your surroundings, being aware of your limitations, being aware of what your body can do, where you are in space and time. Creating a headspace that you can be calm but understand what's going on around you and letting those things either affect or not affect how you move, how you interact with everything around you, being very mindful of, of things. So, a little bit of background here. A lot of you may know uh, you know, who, who come into the gym and have talked to me at length. They know, they, they know that I am, uh, a certified holistic fitness, uh, professional. Um, the certification I actually have is, you know, I have a, uh, certified holistic healer in holistic medicine. Um, I don't, uh, it's not something I practice. Uh, in, in and of itself, but it's something that I use in everything that I do with my weight training and, and sports and, and uh, personal training that I do with, with, with my clients. It's just, it's a tool that I use, right? And But one of the things, especially in our CEM class, our corrective exercise and mobility class, um, which fuses yoga, mobility, corrective exercises, and some conditioning uh, all into a, a, a neat class, uh, we've been doing that for well since since we first started, almost three years now. Taking a deeper, taking the time—it's it's basically a class that takes the time or takes the time to figure out what, how our body moves and what feels good. So um, there are some some things I want to go over on how we do that and why we do that. Now, again, before I get to the nuts and bolts of today. A couple of quick things. When we're talking about trying to be uh, mindful of our body and, and and getting our body, why do we want to do this? Because we know that that mind-body connection. When our when we can um, think of how the body should move, how we bo- how we want the body to move. Being aware of all these things, it helps us build a. Um, It helps us build eh, a better connection to our psyche and to our our subconscious and lets us, lets our body know that we still have work to be done. It lets us know where we're heading. Uh, So we have a better understanding and a better connection from our brain to our muscles. So two things that I've seen recently that that I wanna point out that I think are awesome. One, as a gentleman, I, I don't necessarily Follow, um, but I have to. I have to give credit where credits due. He was talking about exercises and what he feels. He gives his information on what he thinks are the best exercises for growing your biceps or growing your chest or whatever. You know, very bodybuilding specific kind of stuff. But one of the things that you know we always talk about is building that mind muscle connection, and I and I agree with that. And you've heard me say that before. That's that's very important. You you know when you're say doing a chest press, you want to squeeze the pec to ensure that we are using the pec muscle uh when we're pressing and not over utilizing the shoulder or the triceps or what have you so building that connection will help us grow those muscles bigger if in the bodybuilding context that's what we want um but one of the things he said was you need to explore you know movements or pick the movements that you like so he says these are my favorites this is what i do but if you don't feel a good connection if you feel like a flat bench press you don't get a good connection with your chest you get a better one doing an incline or a decline bench or whatever then you utilize those movements where you do get a good connection where you really feel the muscle working and focus on those movements and I I liked that point now I'm not a bodybuilder and I don't really train bodybuilders but we can do that you know we can utilize that concept and that's something that Oh, I heard him say a few few weeks ago and it's been some, something that I've been going back with through all my lifts and making sure, right, that when I'm lifting and when I'm moving that whatever muscle I'm supposed to be using or group I'm supposed to be using, that I feel that group working and that I feel a connection with that. And that's something you can be mindful about, but it's also something that you can train yourself to be mindful about. You can train yourself to, to focus in on those areas to get them to grow. Right? But also, from I think what he was getting at, and, and this is the point I want to make, is that we all move differently. We all have different ways of stimulating growth in our body, stimulating growth in our mind, and it's about finding what works best for you. Now, the second point I want to make today before I get into some actual like how-tos, um, there's a, a fitness professional here in Greenville. Uh, GetFitGreenville is her Instagram handle. Uh, Lindsay is her name. Uh, You might know her from Cycle Bar. I think she's been an instructor there for a while. And she's starting her own yoga studio. Uh, It's not exactly yoga. And I can't remember the name of it. I would give it a a free plug here. I just can't remember. I think it's HMF. I I don't know. She's starting a a new, it's kind of a blend of yoga, athletic movements, and and, um, uh, some high intensity conditioning type stuff. And I think the idea behind that was she said she went through a year of discovery trying to figure out how she moves the best, what she likes the best, how her body responds. And so that's just a, another example of finding out what works best for you is going to give you the best results. So no, going back to my original point, no matter where you are on this health spectrum or this fitness spectrum, Whether you're an elite athlete in a very specific, specified niche of the fitness world or you're just a general fitness enthusiast, finding what works best for you is going to give you the best results. And that should be self-explanatory, but we do that by finding out how our body moves and how our body reacts and connects with different movements. So that's what we want to talk about today and over the next two um, uh, podcasts. So, in the remaining time today, I want to kind of start this journey, start this idea of how do we do this and why are we doing this. So, um, my coach in all of this called called herself, a, you know, a somatic coach or a somatic educator, I believe, is what she said, and it was, you know, educating us again, future health professionals at the time. Uh, in how to uh, be aware of our our own body and our own movement, whether that be in you know in a good in a good way or or in dysfunction, like when when something's not right, being able to recognize, hey, this movement doesn't feel good, or I don't feel right when I move this way, you know. So just being aware of your body, being in tune with your body. So you have to be able to set some time aside uh and and i literally mean that time to side to um figure this out on their own right so if you are let, let, let's put it this way if you're a coach and you're testing someone and you want to they want they want to grow their pecs they want to get bigger chest muscles and or be stronger in the bench press right so you, you might have an idea of how to program sets and reps and rest intervals and all that stuff to get the best results, but you might be missing out on a variation of the movement. You know, what do I pick dumbbells versus barbell incline versus decline versus flat versus, you know, partial reps, uh, a bent or, you know, a board press versus pin presses versus floor presses. What do you do? What variations do you do? You might have your idea of what you like, and, and your client may get good results from some of those, but they maybe get better results if you find a, a, an exercise or you find a variation that works better or creates a better connection to their muscle. And so because you can't feel how they feel when they're doing the movement, you have to give them cues, but you have to give them space to do that. So what we're trying to do is you're trying to give them um, really detailed... Cues, Very smart, intelligent cues that are so that the feedback they give you lets you know if they truly are are feeling that squeeze, feeling that connection. So it's going to be something that's going to take a little time and you need to give them time to do that. So, for example, let's say again, going back to our our chest slash bench press um, example. I might say, okay, today we're gonna to do a flat bench press uh, with a barbell, and then we're going to do some accessory work with a dumbbell fly, okay? So that's what you're gonna do. So while, while they're doing their movement, you're telling them you need to squeeze that muscle, you know, at the top of the range, you know, really actively flex, so you're, you're at the top of the, your range of motion, actively flex that pec to, again, help develop that mind-muscle connection, so on and so forth so they're kind of understanding what they're supposed to be doing how that rep is supposed to be performed then at the end of the workout dedicate some time where you kind of step away from the coach now that they know how to perform that rep say hey i want you to try two or three different variations or you might have to do this over one or two training sessions it may not be every training session you do this you might break this up but an exercise is give them another couple of exercises or variations to practice with and see how that feels. See which one they connect with the most. Oh, I really feel my chest working here versus this one. Okay, that might be a way that you can then use that variation as your, uh, say, accessory lift or primary lift for that matter. And if you're not a coach, if you're at, listening to this as just a, uh, as a general fitness practitioner, you might be thinking, okay, that's an exercise I'm gonna do. So take a day. A training session and do a lot of different variations, do one or two sets of a lot of different variations for the chest in this case, or the back of the arms, whatever muscle group you're working. And the idea would be figuring out what works best for you. What, where do you feel that muscle really connecting? So if you're doing say a, a flat bench press on dumbbells versus an incline press, maybe on the incline, you really feel your chest working versus doing the flat. It's not to say that doing a flat bench press is bad or it doesn't work for you. It just means maybe you start with more of that incline or whatever you feel you get a connection with. Now, if you feel a good, strong connection with anything, well, that's great. Your playbook is just that much more robust and you have more to choose from. But that the idea is you wanna start with that. And that starts with you uh, understanding how your muscles connect with different movements. And you as a coach, if you're a coach, giving your your client the time to explore that that concept and they can only do that or they can only truly report it if you then as they're exploring give them cues of to what it's supposed to feel like and how they're supposed to know if it's working so that you know it is working for them right so that's that's very so giving that giving them that that time to explore Uh, on their own and so what I've done a quick example I may be going slightly over 20 minutes today by the way Uh, it's already at 19 one quick example is I'll have um, a day sometimes where um, I let the athlete or the trainee pick their weight so I might say I'm going to have you uh, go up uh, or take 10 minutes to work to a heavy single and whatever lift but I'm going to let you pick the increments in which you go up now that's not exactly developing mind muscle connection here. This is more of a, an activity where it gives them time to see like, okay, I know my max is two hundred pounds, so I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with uh, seventy pounds and then go to one fifteen and then go to you know, so they might be thinking of progression in their head, whereas they just jump right through it and maybe they don't get to quite two hundred pounds and they're like, Well, I know I can do it because they spent too many they took too many small increments. Warming up. They did 70, 80, 90, 100. So they were fatigued by the time they got to 200 versus doing a proper warm up or doing a proper progression. Yes, we're supposed to be teaching that. So they may not know that. And that's where we come in as teachers. But if they experience a day where they have to kind of feel it on their own and see how their body reacts versus when I or you as the coach take them through that exercise and that warm up progression. And how their body feels and, and responds, they need to be able to feel the difference between the two. So that gives them a little space to explore a little bit, and that's very important. And that's why I do that. So if you've been one of my clients and I've asked you to do that, that is why. That is why. So um, the other thing that it does, um, and this is this is I think the biggest take-home message, is that. You want to develop certain um, patterns, certain habits, we'll, we'll call them habits. You know, whether that's, uh, you know, how you sit, how you move, you know, with things around you, um, st- standing, posture, being aware of when you're slouching, being aware of when you're hunched over or leaning to the side or staring at your phone and your neck hurts paying attention to the oh yeah my neck's hurting I need to sit up paying attention to these little cues your body's giving you the the pain or the ache or the the discomfort or the fatigue those are all signals that your body's not sitting standing resting leaning efficiently right and so those are the things that we have to do um, by practice so, so breathing patterns will, will help with that to calm our, our, our body so that we can, our thoughts can be more focused on how our body feels when I do a slight adjustment here or a slight adjustment to the side. I use a, a, what we call the clock exercise and the breathing um, exercise um, where we talk while holding breath um, or taking, taking breath, inhale and exhale while we're talking, while we're moving. And I do these breathing pattern, um, or these breathing exercises while you're doing movements to help develop that, that connection, but also to give your body, or to give yourself the ability to focus on the breathing pattern so that you can clear your mind so that you can focus how the movement should feel, right? And then I think another aspect here that this, what we call this exploratory time we need to give our clients or that you need to take yourself um, if you're a general fitness uh, enthusiast uh, is how creativity can fit into this now this is something you've heard me say a lot Um, you know if you don't like an exercise if you're my client and you'd hate an exercise eh, i might make a case as to why this is important and why we're going to do it but there are I like to think I'm creative enough to come up with another exercise that's going to get the same benefit that also mentally stimulates my client so that they're okay doing it or at least pumped up to do it uh, versus having that mental block of exercises they don't like. And the, the mental block may be because they're scared of it or they don't feel they're strong in it, but it also may be they just have a hard time connecting with that exercise. So we need to pick something else that's similar. Now. There are some exceptions to that, of course, you know, if you're trying to be an Olympic weightlifter and you don't want to do a clean, well, that's just not going to work, right? So there are exceptions to that rule, but for, for the most part, we can find something that works and that creativity um, allows us, you know, different ways of moving, different ways of thinking of how to get to the right area. So... Uh, using an anatomy example you know we have uh, a nerve structure uh, called a plexus we have brachial plexus we have you know a lumbar plexus we have different uh, sacral plexus different areas where our nerves split off into this web-like structure and they do that for reasons one so that you know in tight areas like the shoulder and the hips we can have a, a network of you know connective uh, or a network of lines, so to speak, cables to get the signal to the extremities without being impinged by the shoulder movement itself and the shoulder joint itself. So, if one area is being blocked or impinged, that signal has other pathways to get there, right? So, if I give you time to explore movement or be creative, hey, think of another way to activate this muscle. And I give my client that activity where, okay, how am I going to flex my quads? Okay, I have to come up with another thing. It's not really a homework assignment. It's just it's getting them to think of other ways they can flex and contract that muscle. And so if they if they start to be creative that way, then they're thinking of how to connect that muscle and contract that muscle. And so they're they're flexing it while they're thinking about it. And that helps build that mind muscle connection. So that creativity gives them, in a sense, a different Way or more ways of thinking how to activate these muscles, how to be aware of my body in space and time, and how to move better. Right? So I've got one more point and I am going a little over my time here, but let me give you let me give you a couple things before I give you my final point for today. There's just some general benefits to all of this. And and I've I've been talking about getting a better connection with the muscle to get a better better workout, a more efficient workout, right? But there's other benefits to having this mindfulness or this mind-body connection or the mindset, right? And so just generally speaking, there are some different things. Um, It's going to help you get out of your comfort zone, which is removing obstacles and that could be you know obstacles that you've put in your brain so i have a client in the morning how you doing Ashley? that doesn't like certain exercises and doesn't want to do them because they feel they don't connect with them or they don't like them or they they're scared of them because it's hard or it's been hard in the past so what do i do i come up with ways to deconstruct that movement and then bring it back to the original movement over time and then all of a sudden they're doing the movement I wanted them to do all along and they like it because now they connect with it actually I just gave you my secret so um, it does improve your attention to detail and an appreciate appreciation for the aesthetic whatever your aesthetic is I can't tell you that but it gives you an appreciation of how your muscles move and how your body's supposed to move and look when it's in a certain posture and so when you have that appreciation, you can notice things when you're out of alignment, whether that be walking, sitting, standing, moving, or exercising. Um, it helps you take more responsibility for making the changes in your body. Now, I'm going to give my coach uh, a lot of credit there. That Those were her words. Her words as in make, taking responsibility, right? And I, I think that... Um, my coach, her name, her name was Linda Christie Wheeler. Um, what she's saying here is that, or what she wants you to know, is that if you're gonna make a change in your body, I, as your coach, can tell you what to do and guide you, but you you and your body are the thing that is the, is the key. You and your body are the key holder in, in terms of how you're going to make this actually work. Right, you have to take responsibility. For whatever your goals are, whatever your aesthetic is, whatever your fitness goals are, health goals are, you have to take control of that. And developing this mindfulness lets you know that you do have control over your body. You have stiff joints, you have tight muscles, you have whatever. You have the ability to take control and develop a connection to different areas. You've seen guys like bouncing their pecs up and down. That's a mind muscle connection to that muscle group. They can move that muscle group without moving any of the joints and or limbs attached to it because they can separate that out. They can, they have a very tight connection with that area. We can do that everywhere. And when you can do that everywhere, you have a lot of control over the pain in your body, the physical pain in your body. And when we can control that physical pain in your body, we can control the emotional pain that goes along with that trauma. It's also going to help you be able to be open to new experiences, because you didn't think your body was able to do that. Now you can control your body a little bit better, and maybe you can. Hopefully, it'll increase confidence. Hopefully, it will allow yourself. And this is another—I'm I'm, going to give you a straight uh, line from from uh, Coach Wheeler: letting go of the need to judge, criticize, or seek perfection. And I think that fits in very well with what we're what's going on in the world today people are obsessed with perfection and what's what you see a lot on instagram with photoshop and what have you and steroids and all these other things that make these bodies of these fitness influencers and and professionals look perfect and that we feel we have to live up to that and we don't But if you know how your body moves and you can feel how your body moves and you know that mind-muscle connection is there and you know you have taken control over how your body moves and where you want to go is just a function of time now and consistency because there aren't those limitations anymore, that's very freeing and then you don't feel like you have to be judged. For me, a good example is um, I've been performance-based my whole life. I've always focus my exercises around performance and not the aesthetic. As I've gotten older, now I want to look good too. I'm not to say that I've looked bad in the past or not like the way I've looked, but I've not cared as much as the way I look as how much I've been able to perform. I'm not that competitive anymore uh, in terms of I'm not competing in sports uh, anymore. and. You know, I'm taking a little bit more of, a, of an approach of how I look. And I've always been self-conscious about that because I am a personal trainer and I've, I've wanted to still maintain a, a good physique. But at the same time, my goals are to get bigger. And if I add a little body fat along the way, I'm okay with that, You know, so long as it's not, not an, outside of the healthy range. But trying to maintain a certain aesthetic or a certain physique goal is less important to me now uh, more than ever. Um, But I don't feel like I'm being criticized anymore because I know where I'm going and I know where I'm gonna be and I'm just more confident in my ability to do that because I know how my body moves. I've got a great things. And those are some more of the mental benefits, right? There are some other physical benefits of getting to this point. Reduced injury. Better sleep, better performance, right, and I think less just overall aches and pains. So, last point for today, and then uh, I've already gone well over my twenty-minute goal, <laughs> but I, I think I think this is what I want, where I want to end today because it ties in with what we've talked about before, and that is, uh, I think I said it in the last podcast, or I've said it in the, one of the last couple podcasts about coming up with training your brain or coming up with a way to train your brain to not let your body or not let yourself be um uh, settle for where you're at now. In other words, I've used the example of, of creating that mental image of who you want to be. So if your goal is to perform a certain way, think of a person who can do those things, and what does that person's physique look like? And that way you're training your brain to think about, I'm not done with my journey until I look this certain way or get closer to that way, it doesn't have to be exact, right? Uh, Now that's not to say that it's all based about looks. Again, that is not what I'm saying, so don't, don't read that into it. What we're doing though is we're using the visualization to train our psyche, to train our subconscious to always want more and to keep going. And that's just our, keeps our body moving forward, keeps our mind on where we are. And it keeps, again, where we are now and where we want to go. So that you have this internal motivation to keep pushing forward. And so having images. And and, and and so you've heard me say that before. This is exactly where I learned this from, from Coach Wheeler. And if, I hope I'm saying Wheeler right, it could be Weiler. I called her Linda Christie. That's that was her first name and so uh, anyhow this this idea of of coming up with a visual of you know what you want can change that perspective. Um, if you are, I'm trying to think of the best way to do it. Basically, it's it's kind of like serving as inspiration, internal inspiration and motivation. It's something that your your body, your mind uh, understands that this is pleasing, this is what you want, this is where you're going, and so your body is constantly subliminally telling you to keep pushing to keep going because you have this idea um, uh, in your head of what is your goal or your idea of success And, and that's again not that you have to have a certain look to be done or to be at your goal but to be heading in the right direction. It's a way to stay motivated, right? And it's a way to teach your brain on the mental side to do that, right? So it, it allows your, your, your brain to think how it's going to utilize your body to get there. And it, that's, again, the physiological and, and physical part of that mindset we talked about last week, how that actually does work. Sorry, I got a phone call there. Um, Didn't mean to mess up my train of thought there. Let me wrap up by saying the way this works is that when you have this visual um, representation of what a goal is or what a goal looks like from from a physical standpoint, it trains the psyche to have a different perception of what you need to do to get there. So your body has to understand, your brain has to understand how are you going to get there. You might be able to read and say, oh, if I lift this weight and run this fast or do this, I'll get where I need to go. But your brain has to understand how that's going to be achieved. And so having this aesthetic or this, it doesn't have to be an aesthetic. It could be, you know, just a time. Like I want to run a five minute mile or whatever. Having a definite goal in mind in this case it is visual so visualizing yourself hitting a ball lifting a certain weight whatever the case is you have to visualize that and see it so maybe if it is a weight goal that you're trying to lift I'm trying to you know clean and jerk 140 kilos right okay so I'm going to watch people who can do that and I'm going to watch them do it and I'm going to say this is what it looks like this is how they do it this is what they're doing and that's creating that visual aesthetic in my brain, not aesthetic in terms of how my body looks, but how it looks. And my brain now knows that that's what I need to be doing in order to get to my goal, whatever that may be. All right. I've been, I've been almost doubled my time here today. I'm going to sign off and we will uh, pick this up in part two. I've got way more to go. I'm excited.